Well, good morning again. Great to have you joining us for this time of worship. Love to, uh, well, I, I did want to say happy May to you. Uh, this is one month closer to gathering again. This is one week closer, and it just feels good to be in May, right? So uh, someday we will gather together in this place. Hey, I want to let you know about a couple things uh, that you can uh, connect to and uh, that, that we would just love to let you know about. One is the online connection card. Uh, through that, you can uh, let us know if you're worshiping with us for the first time. You can submit prayer requests. You could say, hey, I'd like to know about your online groups. A number of other things on there. You can find it on the Church Center app. You can uh, find it on the website right where you're watching the Sunday Live. As well, it will be dropped into the comments section on uh, Facebook Live. The other thing I want to let you know about, last uh, week we talked about a survey that we're doing during this time. And uh, this is a survey just to know how you're doing and how we can help you continue to pursue Jesus during this time that has a, a lot of challenges. And so I think we've heard from about 50 people so far. We'd love to hear from more. And so, again, you can access that survey in all the same places where the online connection card is. So uh, we'd love to hear from you, and uh, that feedback would be very helpful to us. Well, it has been 47 Days since I put gas in my car. 47 days. And uh, the reality is I'm just a little bit under half full. Uh, I can't remember ever going this long without putting gas in my car. Uh, the reality is I'm, I'm working from home. We're sheltering at home. And we just really are not going many places. And so it's not hard to keep our fuel tank full. And I'm guessing many of you are having the very same experience. Well, there's another tank, our, our spiritual tank, that uh, this pandemic is having a very different impact upon us. For some of us, this, this pandemic has been so disruptive to our spiritual practices. I mean, our schedules have been rearranged. Space and time to connect with God has become different. It's become harder. And then you add all the stressors that have come into our lives that, that we're facing during this time. And it adds up to depletion on our spiritual tank. And for many of us, even though we can gather like this this morning online, it has been disruptive to our lives that we cannot join together in worship. There's something missed when we're not in a room together. The renewal of our spirits when we join our voices to sing to God. The words of encouragement that we speak to each other in the lobby or, or the prayers that are prayed for each other in the hallways. There's a reason that the writer to Hebrews tells us to not forsake our assembling together. It is part of how we keep our spiritual tanks full, and we are missing this time together. How is your spiritual tank? How is your connection to Jesus? Some of you are doing fine. In the midst of all of this craziness, you are seeking God in some ways like, like never before. We heard that feedback on the survey. Some of you are really doing well during this time. But for others, you would say you are struggling at some level, that your spiritual tank is, is, is depleting. The outflow is certainly greater than the inflow. Doug Fields, in his little book called Refuel, I, I referenced this a couple weeks ago in one of the daily encouragements that I shared. He lists some possible warning signs that might indicate that our spiritual tanks are depleted. Things like this. I'm more selfish with my time. I'm impatient. I lack compassion for those who are hurting. 
I'm more vulnerable to temptation. I'm short with people. I'm disobedient. I feel distant from God. I'm cynical. I find it more difficult to make good decisions. My insecurities are more prevalent. I'm critical in speech as well as in thought. And, and, you know, for all of us, we would add to that list, right? There are things that I would add to that list that come out of my life when my spiritual tank is running a little bit low. And so the question that I want us to consider this morning is, how do we stay connected to Jesus when the church isn't gathered? How do we stay connected to the source of life in such disruptive times? This morning, what I want us to do is, is to look at some examples from Jesus' own life that illustrate how he maintained his vital connection to the Father. And obviously, time didn't let us look at every passage, but I want to look at three passages that I think are great examples of how Jesus stayed connected to the Father. So three examples that give a good picture of this. We're going to look first at Mark chapter 1. And uh, this is very early in Jesus' ministry. We read this starting in verse 32. It says, That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. This was an intense night, right? I mean, the whole city had gathered together, and Jesus heals many people. He casts out demons, and it tells us that in verse 32, this actually started at sundown, and so this was probably a pretty late night for Jesus. Who could have blamed him if he wanted to sleep in a little bit the next morning? But look at verse 35. It says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out, to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Jesus rose early while it's still dark. It says he goes out to a desolate place where he can pray. He goes out there to meet with the Father after this busy night. If you go on and read uh, the rest of the passage, the disciples eventually find him that next morning, and uh, they ask him, you know, where were you? Everyone in the town is looking for you because they all want him to come back, right? I mean, they like what Jesus can do for them, and they want him to come back. But Jesus says, no, uh, we need to keep moving to other towns. That's why I came out for And you have this sense that, that Jesus maintained this connection to the Father in such a way that his purpose stayed clear, his calling stayed clear, and they move on to preach to other towns. Second example, Luke 5, uh, 15 and 16. Again, this is uh, pretty early in uh, Jesus' ministry, and uh, we are told that uh, Jesus heals a leper. And, and this is what happens after Jesus heals that leper in verse 15. It says, But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their Infirmities. And so his, his fame is growing. As, as a result of this, greater and greater crowds are seeking him out. And then we read this in verse 16. But, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. The New American Standard and the NIV actually say he would often slip away to pray. Growing fame powerful ministry, people being helped. I mean, there's some amazing things 
happening, but the pattern of Jesus' life, the gospel writer wants us to understand is that he would often slip away to desolate places to pray. In the midst of all this that's going on, he stayed connected to the Father by maintaining this rhythm, even in the busiest of times. Third example, Mark chapter 6. This is a little later in Jesus' ministry. And, and, you know, if you survey the early part of, of chapter 6, there's a lot going on in, in this chapter. Jesus is rejected in his hometown of Nazareth. He sends out the 12 in, in ministry teams for the first time to uh, go out and preach and to heal. During this time, Jesus learns that his cousin, John the Baptist, the one who had come and prepared the way for Jesus, he learns that he has been beheaded by King Herod. It's an intense time, a very intense time in Jesus' life. In verse 30, we're told that the disciples, they return to Jesus from this season of ministry, and they report everything that they had done and taught. And then we read this in verse 31. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. I love that Jesus says this, don't you? I mean, getting away for rest, all the important work that they had to do, and yet there's this invitation to get away to rest. And so they get in the boat, they go to the other side of the lake to get away from the crowds, but here's what happens. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns, and they got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to teach them many things imagine you are about to your condo at the beach imagine that you are about at your cabin in the mountains you're about at the spot that you've reserved for your tent at the campsite and you come around the last corner and there's a crowd and they're there because they want you to do something for you you're on vacation. How do you feel? I know how I feel. I'm ticked. I'm frustrated. I'm angry that they are there. How does Jesus respond? What rose up out of Jesus' heart was not anger or frustration or irritation. It was compassion. Compassion. His spiritual tank is full. His connection to the Father is so close. He does not get angry. He feels compassion. And he begins to teach them. And he heals their sick. And this is when he later feeds the 5,000. I am so struck by Jesus' emotional response in this situation. Because our emotional responses, they reveal what is going on in our hearts. And clearly his spiritual tank was not empty. It was so full that even in this situation, what comes out of his heart is compassion. At the end of this day, we read this in verse 45. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. So at the end of this long, intense day that was supposed to be a day of rest, Jesus gets alone on the mountain again to pray. He needed that time with the Father more than he needed 
his physical rest. And there's other passages that we could look at, but, but this is the rhythm of Jesus' life. This is the example that lets us make a couple of very simple observations from Jesus' life. And the first is this. Jesus' regular practice was to get away to be with the Father. He would often slip away to be with the Father. He'd get away from the crowds to spend time with his Father. And this is how he maintained his vital connection to the Father. This was his regular practice. And if Jesus needed to get away with this regular practice of getting to, together with God, how much more do we? Secondly, Jesus was able to seek God amid busyness, disruption, and demands. I can't imagine any of us who experience a busier or a more disruptive life than Jesus did. I mean, he didn't have a home. Sometimes he was so busy teaching and healing, and there were so many crowds that he didn't have time to eat. And the crowds were constantly pursuing him and coming after him, wanting him to do something for them. And he faced opposition from the religious leaders in, in times of intense spiritual battle. Jesus' life was busy and full of disruption and demands. And yet, he was able to stay connected to the Father. He would rise up early or stay up late. He would go to a desolate place or off to the mountain. He did whatever he needed to find time to be with the Father. And so these, these warning signs of a depleted heart, they were never manifested in Jesus' life. In fact, just the opposite. He was full of love and compassion and grace and kindness. Jesus is our model. And so I, I want us to think for a little bit of what, it, what it might look like for us to make it our regular practice to get away to be with the Father, even amidst busyness and disruption and demands. And certainly this is something that this, this should be part of our practice at all times, but, but what does it look like now in the midst of this pandemic? And so here's the first thing that I would like to encourage you to do, and that is to simply set aside some intentional time to evaluate and plan. Set aside some time to think. The reality is for most of us, this pandemic just sort of swept into our lives like a storm, disrupted everything, turned everything upside down, and we have spent the last six or seven weeks just adjusting and navigating all of these changes, working from home, kids schooling at home, isolation, not gathering as a church, and for many of us, it has disrupted our spiritual practice, practices as well, but how we stop to think about the disruption and how we might need to adjust in this season to seek God. So take some time to think, to evaluate, to plan. As you do this, I would encourage you to evaluate the state of your heart. Evaluate the state of your heart. Maybe your spiritual tank is full. Maybe you're doing well, and there's, there's really not a need to change your practice. If so, that is fantastic. Press on. But it may be that your heart is empty, or it's trending that direction, and you need to make some adjustments. How is your heart? Do you know? Sometimes we can move so fast, and in times like this, we, there can be so much going on, we honestly don't know the condition of our hearts. That's why we need to set aside some time to think, but, but how's your heart? Here's some questions that you could ask, things like this. 
How am I doing, really? Spiritually, relationally, emotionally? Is my relationship with God growing more or less intimate during this time? Am I spending unhurried time with God, even if it's not a long time? Is there some space where I spend unhurried time with God? Has technology been affecting my ability to be quiet and to focus on God, the constant stream of news, uh, the phone, whatever it might be? How are the people closest to me experiencing me? Am I kind, gentle, or am I irritable? Am I becoming a more loving person? So these are important questions to ask. These are different than asking, how often did I read my Bible this week? How often did I pray? Because those things, they don't really give insight into the condition of our heart. And we need to take some time to think about the condition of our heart. Now, in doing this, some of you will be encouraged because you are connecting to Jesus in life-giving ways. Thank God for that. But for some of us, if you see, you're going to maybe see something different. If you see ugly things in your heart, my encouragement is that you would be kind to yourself. For some of us, as we think about our true spiritual condition, we realize we're not exhibiting love, we're not exhibiting compassion and grace that Jesus did. We, we sometimes see ugly stuff. And here's the deal. COVID-19 didn't cause the ugly stuff that we see in our hearts. Rather, the, the stress and the disruption of this time simply revealed what is already there. But see, seeing the truth about these things is a good thing. It's a first step to growth and change. And so be kind to yourself, knowing that, that what, seeing the truth is important and it's good. And God loves you and God wants to help you walk a different path, go a different way. Be kind to yourself during this time of stress. I want to actually, before I go on to my, my next point, I, I want to make a specific point about mental health during this time. It may be that for some of us, the, the, this time of social distancing, the isolation, maybe the loss of a job, all of the unknowns about the future have created fear and anxiety in your heart and your mind, and you're really struggling with mental health. It may be that you're dealing with depression. I want you to know, we want you to know as a church, you are not alone. You are not alone. There is help. I want you to know that I think it's important for you to seek God. I want you to know that I think it's important that you read your Bible and pray, but you might need to reach out for some extra help. And you can do that through the online connection card. There's a way to put a comment in there. You can go to the help at faithmanhattan.org. You could call the church office. You could reach out in any of these ways, and we will try to help you get the help that you need. Call a friend. You need to reach out um, during this time. It's hard. It is a hard time. Okay, so intentionally take some time to evaluate and plan, and as you do then, think about how you can follow Jesus' model of staying connected with the Father. What will you do to keep your spiritual tank full? And I'd encourage you to think about the the when and the where and the what of how you will seek God. And so when? When will you make space to focus on God? Do you need to get up a little earlier? Maybe you need to stay up a little later? Maybe what you'll realize is you, 
as you reflect and think is that just with all of the disruption, your, your discipline of getting to bed on time uh, has sort of slid, and what you need to do is get back to getting to bed a little earlier so you can get up early enough so uh, you can have some quiet time with the Lord before that first Zoom meeting and that first Zoom class. When can you make space for God? And then where can you go? Where can you go? Jesus went out to desolate places. Uh, Jesus went to the mountain. That's going to be a little hard on a daily basis to get to a mountain, but uh, maybe you can find some desolate spaces to meet with God. Where can you go to find quietness and the ability to focus on God? And then what? What will you actually do during this time? Reading God's word and prayer, I mean, these are just so vital. They, they are central things in terms of how we nurture our relationship with God. What's your plan to engage Bible reading and prayer? But in addition to these two core disciplines, there are other spiritual disciplines that, that maybe you need to grab one of those and practice one of those during this time, whether it's fasting or serving or celebration or, or whatever it might be. Here's a question that you could ask to help you think about the, the what of what you will do. Here's a question. What one thing, if done regularly, would make a world of difference in my relationship with God? What one thing, if done regularly, would make a world of difference in my relationship with God? You know, sometimes, you know, if we're struggling, our temptation is to come up with 10 new things that we want to start. But, but the goal is not to come up with 10 things that you start doing, but, but maybe a practice, one practice, or two practices, that if you would pursue them, that they would make a difference for you spiritually. Might be a commitment to, to simply read the Bible some length of time every day. Maybe it's a commitment to write in a journal a couple times a week so you can kind of stay in touch with what's going on in your heart. For others, maybe it's taking five minutes every morning just to really before you do anything else, to sit in quietness, to pay attention to God, to listen, to pray. Or, or maybe if you're married and you have young kids and, and just, you know, it's hard to find space and maybe, maybe you decide together that you're going to trade off days. Like there will be a day that, that you will watch the kids while your spouse can get some time alone and the next day you switch and the other person watches the kid while you spend some time. What will you do? Now, maybe that the what is not something you need to add. It may be something that you need to stop. There's things that you need to get rid of in your life. I mentioned the constant news cycle. It has been so tempting for me in this time to, to read and read one more article about what's going on. Maybe you need to get rid of that. Or, or maybe you decide that though watching some TV is a fun thing and, and, it, and it, it, it's fine, but, but like you're binging and, and there needs to be some cutting back on that because you know that it actually is sucking the life out of you. What maybe needs to get cut back? Where, when, and what? <coughs> Excuse me. A couple of weeks ago, I realized I needed to do exactly what I'm talking about this morning. This, the disruption of COVID-19 had been affecting my heart, but I, you know, I, I knew I had been experiencing some stress and anxiety, but I really hadn't stopped to think about, is there anything I could do to change this? Um, but as I thought about it, I realized I am paying way too much attention to the news. 
because I'm working from home, what used to be my, my space, my place where, where I would meet with God, now that's my workspace too, and there's my work computer. And, and just when I'd sit down to have time with God, there's just, there was just this unsettledness, this itch to get to work. And I, and I found it just hard to be still in God's presence. I wasn't connecting with Jesus like I needed to. And so last week, I basically just sat down with this question, how am I going to seek God during this time? And it's like, it's like, why didn't I ask that a few weeks ago, right? I mean, it's a pretty simple thing, but I hadn't asked the question. And I didn't make any huge changes, but one thing I did decide to do that was a change is that first, the first thing I would do in the morning, I'd get up, shower, and the first thing I would do then before I'd have breakfast or do any, anything out else is go out for a walk, a slow walk for, for 20 or 25 minutes while it's still dark. And as I go out there, I, I hear the birds. The birds are really loud at that time in the morning. And, and, and I hear the birds, and I'm reminded that the, there's a God in heaven that is taking care of all those birds that I hear. Or I see the stars up in the sky still, and I'm, remember, I'm, I'm reminded that God is a creator, God that who is still holding this whole vast universe together. And, you know, just thinking about those kind of things is good for my heart. And in the quietness of that slow walk while it's still dark, I'm able to just like get in tune with God. I'm able to talk to him. I'm able to listen to him. And I have a, a little prayer app that I like to pray, but, but I've been real agitated sitting at my desk to do that. But then I pull that out at some point and I begin to just to pray for the things that I'm committed to pray while I walk. And I have found that that little thing has been really helpful. And I don't know if I'll continue to do it, but during this season of time, that's a change I've made that has been really helpful to me. How about you? What do you need to do? Final thing I'd encourage you to do is write down what you plan to do. Write it down. If, if you can't articulate it in writing, it may not actually be clear what you plan to do. And if you don't have a plan, it's just really easy. You, you know, you get up in the morning like, what am I going to do? There's just no energy. There's no motivation. And there's just something about getting clear and writing it down. I would encourage you to write down what you plan to do. Now, to help you with all this, uh, I, I reached out to a number of people uh, the last several days and just said, hey, what ideas do you have that are helpful? And, and I actually have a, uh, a resource. It's seven pages long of how to engage scriptures, some helpful books, some apps, some websites, uh, even some poetry in there, because we all have different things that help us connect in different ways. And so uh, we will post a link to that in the, the comments section there in Facebook. It will also be uploaded to our website in the same place where you can find the, uh, the sermon, and it will be connected to the sermon manuscript tomorrow. And so uh, not everything in there will be helpful for you, but you will probably find a few things that will be helpful. And so it's just a resource to help you think through how you can connect. We need to stay connected to God always, but we certainly need to during these difficult days. This morning, we are going to celebrate communion, as is our practice, on the first Sunday of the month. And during these moments as we celebrate communion, let me encourage you to talk to God. Ask Him. Ask Him to show you your heart and how you're doing and, and, and are you full or are you empty? Talk to Him. Ask Him, God, am I connecting with you like I need to? Am I finding life in you? And maybe part of what you need to do uh, during this time is to confess apathy or laziness about seeking 
him. Do that. The Father forgives. Invite the Holy Spirit to empower you and to give you discipline to seek God. The self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. And we don't have to just gut it out. We don't have to just try harder. We can invite the Spirit of God to change our appetites, to change our desires. Invite Him to do that. When we celebrate uh, communion at faith here, we usually use these little wafers. We use juice. Uh, you may have some things like this already prepared. Uh, you may have something else on hand. And so we would just say, use whatever you have. It's the, the, the symbols are not what's significant. It's what they point to, the broken body of Christ, the shed blood of Christ. So use whatever you have there this morning. In a moment, we're going to give you a few moments to reflect. And if you need to go and to gather supplies to prepare for communion, you'll have a few moments to do that. At Faith, we invite all who are believers in Jesus Christ to join us in this celebration uh, around the Lord's table. And, and if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, we're so glad that you've joined us today. And we would ask and hope that you would just continue to stay here with us, that you would listen, that you would watch, and if you feel led to pray during this time. And so, will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this moment, this moment that we can meet with you. Would you quiet our hearts? Would you help us to hear from you, O oh Lord? How are we doing? God, are there things that we need to confess? Father, in these moments, would you strengthen us with your spirit? We're grateful for Jesus. We're grateful for what he did for us on the cross. His death, his resurrection, that is our life. We're grateful that we can celebrate that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The screen's gonna change now for a time of reflection and for you to gather the needed elements. And when it changes back, I will be back to lead us in celebrating communion. Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, we thank you for the promise that Jesus is coming. We couldn't be more aware that we live in a broken world, and we're so grateful, God, for the hope of of Jesus coming, and we proclaim that as we gather around this table. Father, in these days, in the days and weeks ahead, would you help us to stay well-connected to you, that the life of Christ would be manifest through us as we talk to people, as we interact with people. And uh, God, we, we pray that you would help us. We need your spirit to lead us in this. We pray in Jesus' name.